and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing, I don't know, I'm trying to think what's going on right now in the in the world, uh, other than what we're actually talking about this episode. Right. Uh, I'm just trying to tie it into something. But I got nothing going on. I got in a car accident yesterday. How about that? I uh, didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, my first one in like 20 years. And so now, and I'm fine. The other driver is fine. The real hell is going to have to be uh, dealing with uh, insurance companies. So, uh, and I can't drive my car, my beloved uh, Kia Soul. The uh, I need a new yeah. door. So. Well, I knock on wood. I'm assuming this is wood. Our table is definitely not right. Yes, no. This we got from Target. This is an old yeah. house, so that's probably wood. That's wood of the yeah. Uh, I knock on wood have never been in a car accident to the extent that I needed to involve insurance. I've I got rear-ended once on Santa Monica. But we were just like, yeah. traffic was already going three miles per hour, so we pulled into the, the right. parking lot at uh, Santa Monica and Van Ness, you know, where the little Caesars is and the uh, oh, uh, car wash, out of the car wash, the laundry, uh, laundromat over by the cemetery. Anyway, uh, I like details. It's very specific Clearly. details. Uh, I got out, and the guy was like so apologetic. I looked at my car, and I was like, this is fine. I don't want to deal with this. Let's just go. Yeah, this accident was my fault. I yeah, did, tell, I tell me what not, happened. So I was turning... Uh, you want details? Or can you not talk about a... Uh, pending investigation. Pending investigation. Um, That's the word. Uh, I, I think it's probably fine. I was, uh, I was turning on to Fountain from Kenmore. So not so far So you were from, headed south or you were headed north? I was headed... I was, I was headed north... And you made a... I turned left. I had a stop So you're stop headed sign. west on, on Fountain at That's this point. That's right. Uh, well, at least that was the plan. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think I ever actually got there, uh, at least not the way I wanted. And so uh, I had a stop sign. The people on Fountain did not. And I was uh, looking right, and I was driving for Lyft at the time, and I had gotten a notification that, hey, someone's waiting. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, I better hurry up. I sure. looked right already. No need to look left. Uh-huh. That's not true. It wasn't. It wasn't a totally blind corner. But like, I definitely. By the time I saw this person, it was too late. And it's genuinely. It is really true that when people say that time like slows down, and you're shocked how many thoughts you can have uh-huh. in a in just a few <laughs> seconds. Like, I was turning, saw the car coming, and just the the thoughts were were like. Oh wow! Hey, there's a car there, and then just like, oh, I better, I better pull forward so she misses me. Oh wait, no, I don't think she's gonna miss me. I'm about to have a car accident. Oh, here we go! <laughs> like all of that in you know two seconds, uh-huh. and uh, and then it hit, and we were both. I was very apologetic, and then she was very nice about it, and everything was fine. Nobody was yelling, which was nice. I was able to at least drive the car home, even though I uh, had to get out on the passenger side. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I is fine, this poor person still waiting somewhere west on Fountain for you to pick them up? Did you cancel the ride? <laughs> I was wondering why my rating was so low. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did I did uh, think to cancel it uh, shortly after I got in a I, I caused a car accident. But uh, there is a piece of my car that is probably still on Fountain, just a little uh, yeah. plastic strip on I didn't the side of my it. door. Uh, wait, this was today. This was yesterday. Yeah, I, uh, I, was there, I was there this morning. I didn't. I, I didn't notice it. All right, keep an eye out. All right, because uh, I think my insurance company might might want me. You to usually have grab a it. pretty good lay of the land when yeah. I'm driving down any street. 
don't want to see any spare car parts. This uh, is a dumb conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, found ourselves we have in. a guest who's waiting yeah. so patiently patient. for us to get through our ads. Yeah. Uh, so let's get through those ads. That's uh, well. Look, it is a privilege and an honor to talk about these. We don't get through them. Uh-huh. We no, revel yeah. in them. That's what I say. Look, we like our sponsors. We yes. we wouldn't we wouldn't support something that we don't support endorse there we go there we go right? that's true yes so our, so our sponsors are great yes in fact, we, i'll be talking about the fact that i use a sponsor yeah uh okay yeah okay uh so this episode we'll start off with this one this uh, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent international and classic films every day movies curators introduce a new title and you have 30 days to watch it that means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy all for only $8.99 a month plus when you use their mobile apps you can download films to watch offline currently available on movie is berlin symphony of a great city directed by walter rutman this is the first in movies four city series of documentaries dedicated to the personalities and energies of unique urban centers rutman's 1927 film explores the weimar era uh, berlin with a style heavily influenced by soviet filmmakers like sergey eisenstein and ziga vertov so check out movie to see where they go next there will be three more cities over the course of the next several uh I can't weeks wait. uh I know already because I, uh, you know, I checked into it. But uh, there is a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Or just go to BattleshipPretension.com and click on the Mubi ad on the left-hand side. And I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I both use them each and every day of our lives. Mm -hmm. Today, I was listening to a band I want to tell you about. Uh, They're called Trappist. They're a um, uh, beer-themed hardcore band. Um, they, they sing to be. exclusively about beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is uh, one of the, uh, one of the guys who's the founder of uh, the Grill 'Em All uh, Burger Truck. Do you know Grill 'Em All? Oh yes, yeah. So they do metal themed burgers. This is a metal uh, band that sings about beer, uh, and they did a new song with the guy, uh, the singer from Municipal Waste and Iron Reagan, who are both bands that I love. So uh, that's what I was listening to on my TweakedAudio.com earbuds today. Trappist uh, sounded great mm-hmm. thanks to the the fellows at tweaked audio uh these these earbuds are available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com. uh but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout i almost forgot to mention this part yeah, you please, get one yeah. third off that low low cost uh and no no shipping charges so go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tyler? Yes? Changes are afoot. Yeah. Big things are happening. Yeah. It's going to have an effect on us, whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. uh, because of our chosen, I don't know, yeah. because of our calling, because it's of our vacation. Bigger, it's going to have uh, a bigger <laughs> impact on me, because 
you never take part in the Oscars episode. Uh, that's right. I yes. I honestly, I'm at a point in my life where if watching award shows wasn't something that I enjoyed doing with my wife, I don't think I'd watch the Oscars anymore. Um, that's uh, we'll unpack that in a moment. Yeah, actually, I think last year until the day of. I forgot it was the Golden Globes, and then Natalie was like, "Oh, we should watch the Golden Globes tonight." Uh, so yeah, I've I've gotten gotten farther and farther away from award shows, but we're not going to talk about this just the two of us, right? It, the listeners have already gotten way too much Los Angeles minutia. We're not going to sit here and talk about how they're shutting down Hollywood Boulevard from Highland to Orange yeah. for the Oscars uh, and how that's a pain in the ass every year. Um, I just avoid and, it. I just stay here at home. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, sometimes you just got to get uh, got to get through Hollywood. I, I guess. guess so. Yeah, yeah got to get to that IHOP. Here's a fun uh, thing. <laughs> so here's okay. Just because I see that we've been going for almost eight and a half minutes, I want to try and make it a full ten before our guest speaks. See, I am so uh, <laughs> okay. So I think I, I mean I, I could just name streets. Some sure, more, right? Absolutely. Gardner. Gardner is a good one. Sure. Poinsettia. Yeah. yeah. Genesee. Yeah, these are all streets that are west of the Kodak Theater, or sorry, the Dolby Theater, on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. DeLong Prix. Uh, DeLong Prix is south. Yeah. Yeah, DeLong Prix runs parallel to Hollywood. DeLong Prix runs just behind the Arclight. Arclight is, of course, between Selma and Vine on the east and west, and Sunset and DeLong Prix on the north and south. That's right. All right, I are like we done De- with this? I like the DeLong pre-entrance. <laughs> no, the point is, what I was going to say is uh, that, um, so I finished, uh, as I said I, uh, last week, I finished teaching my, uh, my students from Italy, and so when I was, uh, and, and part of their trip. I said someone when I meant Ivar, sorry. It was, okay. It's Ivar. Okay, thank you. Uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> you noticed that. The, the guest noticed. <laughs> Selma, of course, is also an east-west street, just one block north Indeed. of Sunset Boulevard. That's correct, yes. <laughs> what an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the kind of episode this is going to be. It's good to know. It's always good to know. You anyway. You decided to. Right. I know, but, uh, oh, but now i got to hurry up because I wanted to talk right at 10. Uh, okay, well, you better start the intro. I haven't told my story yet. So part- introduce the guest. Okay. All right. Uh, our guest Seven, writes six, for uh, LA five. times. Right. And, uh, I want to make sure that it's Katie Walsh. Hi. Nine fifty-nine. Yes. But of oh, course boy. the listeners have the theme music at the end. So none of this, yeah, none of this time code means anything to them anyway. Thank you so much Hi. for sitting through that. No, it was wonderful. Nonsense. It was wonderful. One, I'm going to listen to Trappist as soon as I get in the car <laughs> Two. How dare you know? How dare you mix up Ivar and Selma? I know. <laughs> Three. I also use the DeLong, the DeLong pre entrance. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the classier it's, entrance. Yeah, it's never busy. Um, no. <laughs> can I tell you why I mix up Selma and Ivar? Uh, yes. So uh, Wayne Kramer, not the film director, but the, the musician from the MC5, mm-hmm. uh, put out a solo album in the '90s um, called "Dangerous Madness" on Epitaph. And there is a song, I think it's the last song they have, it's like an 11 minute long song. And part of the motif of the song is he keeps naming Hollywood intersections that aren't, or Los Angeles intersections that aren't like Sunset and Vine or Hollywood and Highland. Like he's naming sort of the, the back streets. And so he names Selma and Ivar. And so, because I listened to that Popping album constantly yeah. uh, when I was uh, a high schooler, because I was very with it and popular listening to the solo <laughs> album of the guy from the MC5 uh, in high school, um, I always do get Selma and Ivar mixed up. But yeah, that's... Yeah. 
Huh. Yeah. That's fine. We'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. It's a good reason. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I will finish my story, but I'll actually throw it out to both of you because, uh, so part of the, uh, part of the class that I was teaching, uh, involved the kids taking trips to various places around the city, uh, when I was, when they were done, you know, acting like they were listening to me. And so I would, and I would say, you know, where are you guys headed today? And they, and one day they said, oh, we're going down to Hollywood. And I said, oh, uh, are you excited? They're like, oh, it's going to be great. And I was just like, ah, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. It's really not. It's like Times Square, but yucky. Yeah. It's there. Right. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> just like, uh, everything, everything neat about Hollywood is on the ground, yeah. <laughs> whether it be like the handprints or the walk of fame. And it just got me thinking that like, if you were to ask me before I lived here, and I, I don't remember where you're from, Katie. Are I'm you, from you... St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I was going to say, okay. how do you forget that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Because yeah. we always ask first-time guests where they're from, yeah. right. and that's one of the most memorable. Yeah. That's true, yes. Um, and so uh, if you were to ask me, like, before I moved here, like, oh, uh, you know, are you going to live near Hollywood? I'd be like, what? I can't afford that. Yeah. Now, admittedly, Hollywood is a little bit expensive, yeah. but not for any particular reason that I can tell, except that it's just called Hollywood. Yeah. But it's just a uh, like, have you have you guys run across when talking to like relatives or friends back home? And if you mention Hollywood as just another neighborhood, uh, have you ever encountered this? I had this with my mom once. Yeah. Where they just they they probably. feel like, oh, you're talking about the place where all the movie stars are. Right. Yeah, I've had a couple like friends. Like I had a friend who had never been to LA who was like, oh, I want to go to Hollywood. And I was like, no, you don't, girl. Like, yeah. no. And I think I drove her and took her to Amoeba and like the arc light and was sure. like, look, there's some things on the ground. And that was about it. Because I was like, I don't want to walk around Hollywood Boulevard. It's really grimy. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then also like my sister was visiting and she hasn't spent a lot of time in LA either. And I would sort of like quickly drove her through and was like, that's it. We're not going to get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, So yeah, I know. But it, 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 it people say, ooh, Hollywood. And you're like, mm, it's not really yeah. as nice as you think. Yeah, although it has, I mean, uh, it, it has definitely, Hollywood as a neighborhood has definitely gentrified in the 13 years that I've, because mm-hmm. when I first moved here 13 years ago, almost exactly, I lived in Hollywood, and I lived, like, because the, the Walk of Fame goes all the way to Gower. Yeah. Know, we're getting specific again. <laughs> but, like, it goes way further east from, like, Hollywood and Highland is, like, thought of as the center, but the Walk of Fame goes forever. Yeah. And now when you go down to, like, to like Hollywood and Vine, you've got like the W Hotel there that wasn't there when I moved here. Yeah, like a bunch of like gastro pubs and stuff. That nice restaurants. That. Yeah, yeah. And so it used to crack me up to think that like people were just walking from Hollywood and Highland, where at least there's the theaters and the like the the Chinese and the Egyptian yeah. and, and the people in costume, and just walking past like endless like taco shops and pet boys, like just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to find Ernst Lubitsch's name somewhere. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to a screening at the Egyptian tomorrow night and. Um, um, I'm like, I want to get a drink afterwards. And I'm like, Oh, where am I going to go? Hollywood on a Friday night. What am I thinking? Like, yeah. I'm excited for the movie, but I'm also just like, Oh man, like, do I have to go to that weird dive bar around the corner from the Egyptian, which is kind of fun, but you know, Wait, you, which one is that? I'm going to the screening. Yeah. No, which, which dive bar? Oh, oh, Borders. Oh, Borders. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of cool, but it's like, not great. It's but fine. I've had the, I can't remember if this is a conversation we've had on the podcast before, but I have, um, I, I have said multiple times that, 
Pig and Whistle is the worst bar that I regularly find myself at. Because <laughs> I don't think I've even been to because it. it's next to the Egyptian. Yeah. And like, okay, maybe I'll go there. <laughs> um, it's no, it's it's horrible. If it weren't for the fact that it's been there forever, it has history and it's just a great location. Mm-hmm. There's no way it would still be there. It's the service is terrible. Uh, the food, oh God, I haven't eaten there in forever, but don't <laughs> right. eat there. The food is so bad. Uh, but I was just there like last weekend. I was saying, uh, my wife and I went to. Uh, they did a whole evening of film, like silent films by Lu- Lois Weber. Oh, cool. Um, I should have gone to that damn. Yeah. Uh, and so, but the third one they showed was, it was just like three of the seven reels of the movie that they had only restored, like three of them mm-hmm. or whatever. And my wife and I were like, this thing's already three, three and a half hours long. Right. We're going to sit to a partial movie. So we just went to the pig and whistle and had a drink, or a drink right. and then came back for the last oh, movie. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I'm constantly like, uh, with uh, TCM Fest and AFI Fest, I'm yeah. constantly at the pig and whistle and always thinking like, what I am I doing here? Yeah. But yeah, maybe I'll go to Borders. Borders go to Borders. It's around the corner and it's kind of weird, but it's fine. It's totally doable. It's like just a dark divey bar. And then um, I have not had food there though. Okay. Um, but there's an Italian restaurant right there. That's like, yeah, I can pick kind, the of, kind of also a little bit bad, but doable. But also Muso and Frank is there. So maybe I'll go oh, like get a drink at Muso and Frank. I don't want to eat there, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and what, what movie are you going to see? I'm seeing Wanda, the oh, Barbara cool. Loden movie. It. Yeah. yeah, it's like a movie that's basically been lost to time, yeah. and it, they restored it. And she was an actress in the 70s and made this very proto indie movie with like three people, like no crew. And um, I guess they just restored it, and they 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 literally are screening it three times in LA. I think it got a week long run in New York, but they they screened it last weekend and then Saturday and Sunday at the Egyptian. So yeah. I just saw the Meg, so I feel like um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I also was on YouTube today defending the Meg, so <laughs> I'm team Meg. I kind of am, too. I'm team <laughs> Statham and Shark. Like, Statham and anything. And that whole ensemble. They're, yeah. all, they're all a lot of fun. I enjoy them. Although I do think that they just did not know what to do with Rain Wilson's character. They're like, so is he like a cool billionaire? Is he super greedy? <laughs> yeah. you need Where to stand on him. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Well, maybe it will win. Best popular film. Oh, <laughs> that's a good. There we go. Can I say Look at that? Are you a professional not to podcaster? To my corner. That I'm was not. Gonna, that was going to be my oh. <laughs> segue. I had it. I had it locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. I uh, stole it right out from my yeah. you. And if you had said it, David, I would have been so furious. But you know what? I'm very. I'm excited that our guest could just fit right in with this ridiculous dynamic. So yes, okay, that is what we are talking about today. And then I actually wanted to have a, a, a larger conversation than that, which is uh, the idea of like, how do we quote unquote fix the Oscars, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. So, all right. So this was announced, uh, at, so we're recording on a Thursday. It was recorded, it was uh, announced yesterday that the Academy Awards, the ceremony itself, they're making some changes to it. They want to keep it to three hours, uh, and then they will still, as far as the evening itself, as far as the event itself, they're still going to present awards to like smaller, lesser-known categories, um, but they're but that will happen during commercial breaks, and they're not going to televise that. I think they're going to oh, edit like a montage, yeah. okay, yes. and they'll show it like when they come back, okay. But so it'll be just like quick, like here are all the sound designers. Yeah, can I say about that? The 
I mean, there are other problems, but I would say the solution to that is in addition to the telecast, do a live stream, right? So totally, people, yeah. So that people who care about seeing those speeches in full yeah. and just watch them during the commercial. I also calls. feel like a live stream would be fun in general because you could like see people moving around and yeah. talking to each other yeah. during the commercial breaks because there is a little bit of action. Mm-hmm. That happens. You can see the seed fillers come in and out. Yeah, yeah. I could see the Oscars not wanting to do that though, because they want to like keep the sheen yeah. of of like, oh, every it's all it's a fun production. Right. You save that shit for the Golden Globes. Right. Then I just, could see that being Then just keep if that's the problem, then just keep the live stream focused on the podium on, on the day. Yeah, it doesn't have stage, to be the inner inner run banner ads underneath it or whatever yeah. you need to do. Like for people who want to see the full speech for best sound effects editing yeah. which is me um, <laughs> well sometimes sometimes the the winners of like those I don't mean to say smaller categories we all know what I mean when I say that like that, categories that that's people, like below the line is that below the line yeah below can, the line. consider that yeah I think okay. so yeah, yeah. Um, you know uh, every once in a while there's like a actually a really touching moment there yeah uh, and at mm-hmm. the very least it's this idea that if you are a sound Designer, and you've yeah. been nominated for an Oscar. It's very exciting, and yes, you know that people don't care as much about your category as they do Best Actor, but your parents do, yeah, your and friends your and family, yeah. yeah, and just and and this could yeah. be your moment. And now they have to not even tune into a live stream because they don't have that. They have to watch a highlight. So now. I just imagine a lot of very histrionic uh, sound uh, designers, uh, like when they win, they they make these big they they have these big speeches so that it makes the montage. Oh, that's a end. good point. Oh, right. I mean, or, also it's like every all of those people like spend their days in dark rooms. Like, let yeah, them out yeah. to the sunlight yeah. for one night. Like, <laughs> they are notably paler. Than the, <laughs> um, the other thing you'd miss out on. Do you remember a few years ago there was a short film? Because I guess you're supposed to pre-approve who if you have more than one person nominated in your whatever, who is going to come on right, stage. Yeah. Right. And there was that woman who would like had had a falling out with the, the, like her co-directors with the, yes. uh, she was a producer yeah, and she right. was like at the Oscars, but she was specifically not supposed to come on stage if they won. And she like stormed the stage. Oh and gave my a speech. gosh. Yeah. And like the other two co-directors are like standing behind her, like <laughs> looking <laughs> that the look on their face. Like <laughs> it's the same look on their face that Mike Myers had when Kanye West said, Jordan, yeah, just like care about black deer people. in the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously that change is, so that's a change that I think is meant for time, like, you know, to compress the, the ceremony a little bit. Um, but I think the bigger change is the one that I've been hearing people like spout off about, which is, uh, the addition. Okay. Let me, I want to see if I've got this correct. I feel like nobody knows. Like it's yeah, total they, mystery. Cause yeah. they did not explain it. They yeah. named the category, but they haven't explained yeah. the criteria. It's not most, it's, it's like best popular movie, right? Not most so popular stupid. movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm already showing my card. Okay, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I think we all agree. It's pretty stupid, right? Uh, the, I thought I, we were just starting there. <laughs> um, I did read an article, uh, in time, you know, time magazine online or whatever, uh, that featured, uh, Monica Sandler, who was on, you weren't here, unfortunately, but she, uh, I went to school with her and she's okay. a Oscar historian. Oh. And so, uh, we should have on the show. Yeah. She should be your <laughs> guest tonight. No, I'm just <laughs> no, it's, are you kidding me? Like she's got time magazine reaching out to her. She can't be dealing with no BP. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, and she she did point something out that is something I was uh, that I was aware of that at the very first Oscar ceremony there were two best pictures. That's right. Uh, one of them was like most not most artistic, but like best artistic picture, and that's went that went to Sunrise, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know actual best picture, which is not what they called it, went to Wings. I yeah. Um, but uh, so she pointed out like there is. Admittedly, many years ago, but there is precedent right. yeah. for the kind of separating of the two. Uh, but There's I, probably a lot of other things from the 1920s that we shouldn't be <laughs> bringing back today. Yeah, I'm not following it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so I thought that was interesting, and that put things slightly into perspective for me, but not very much. Uh, so yeah, so let's all just take time to talk about how much we think this is dumb. I, well, I think it's when you said, I don't understand what the parameters are. Yeah, yeah they didn't say anything about what, right. it, like who, is, does the Academy vote on it? Does it have to like earn a certain amount of box office? Like right. nobody knows what yeah. it even means. It's just like a dumb name. Yeah, and I, uh, and also, I mean, Get Out was nominated for Best Picture last year. Like, yeah, I made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, big yeah. popular studio movies don't like get shut out. Mad Max won every fucking award. Dunkirk was nominated, won a bunch of awards, you know. I I feel like, and even the smaller ones like Your Shape of Water is like, those make good money for uh, Art House release or a Fox Searchlight type of movie. And I think, I mean, it seems to me that the Academy is trying to court an audience that they've already lost. I think the the people they're trying to court aren't going to watch the Oscars. Well, I was reading an article today in preparation for this because I prepare um, that ABC had been putting pressure on them. Yeah. Which also ABC is owned by Disney, which owns everything. Yeah. Most notably in this instance, Marvel. Yeah. Because everyone is saying that this is like, this is the the Black Panther Oscar. Right. And I I can't, I can't help it. Which by the way, controversial statement here. Black Panther is the third best Marvel movie of 2018. Uh, what are the other two? Uh, Infinity War and Ant-Man 2. Mm, disagree. <laughs> Infinity War, look, Infinity War is obviously the best of the three. Uh, with Black Panther a uh, distant second, and then for me, Ant-Man, uh, I forgot that it was... That it came out so. oh. But anyway, All that's right. neither here nor there. But yes, this, it is really neither there. Like, I shouldn't have said it, and I'm going to get uh, emails. But the, but the whole... Yeah, I mean, the whole reason that the Oscars went to uh, a possible 10 nominees was to accommodate the popular movies. Right, and uh, they did, by the way. And then they did. District 9. Yeah. Nominated for Best Picture, which is crazy. It was funny because, of also, course, the next year Avatar was going to be nominated no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that was the most popular movie of that year. But then they just, then the Oscars kind of started to tail off a little bit. And aside from the occasional Pixar nomination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does feel when you say like occasionally you mean Toy Story three. Were any other Pixar nominated uh, for think, Best Picture? I think uh, Inside Out was. Well, I think that was animated. I don't think it got a Best Picture nomination. But yeah, we can fact check that. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing. It's funny that you guys asked me to be your guest because I'm a little bit of a wild card when it comes to the Oscars. Oh, I, good. I just I have opinions. I'm probably gonna get in trouble for Good. saying That's things. Um, no, I'm just very cynical about the Oscars. I, I don't, I'm not very precious about them. I, I know a lot of people are, you know, like they take it very seriously and, and honestly prognosticating the Oscars is big business. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the for for your consideration ads, like that makes websites a lot of money. Um, I just think the Oscars are awards for marketing. I don't think they're awards for sure. merit. I think that sometimes it lines up. 
merit and marketing lines up, but I, I just think it, it's the campaigning and all of that stuff. I'm just like, it's not the best movie of the year, but also art is subjective and right. and all of that. So it's weird to like even put these movies in competition with one another. Um, but so, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, this is so dumb. On the other hand, I'm like, who cares? Like let them yeah. do whatever stupid thing they're going to do. I just think if they're like, Oh, we're losing ratings. This is not the way to do it. I don't think right. making yeah. the award show shorter. I don't think people who are not watching the Oscars now are going to be like, Ooh, they made it shorter. Like I'm going to tune in right. or like the fact that they'll have like the entire cast of black Panther and infinity war on the red carpet, which they probably would have had them on the red carpet anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. I, I can't, I don't think anything's going to make a difference right. at this point. Um, and incidentally inside, I was not nominated for best picture, but up was oh, oh, okay. Course. So, um, but yeah, uh, so for in a, in a in a way I'm I'm bummed because of course this episode would fit much better in our January uh, you know our just general awards coverage. Slot, well, but you know here's the other thing we haven't talked about. What's that? Which is not next year. Oh, that's but right. starting in 2020. They're going to change. It's going to yeah. be earlier, which is going to have a big effect on you and me because so much of our episode schedule at the beginning of every mm-hmm. year is about building up to the Oscars. And so yeah. if we're losing three weeks of that. We have to rearrange our entire yearly plan. I don't like um, it. I, mean, I actually kind of do like it. I'm fine with it because this past season felt 1,000 years long. Sure. By the time the Oscars came around, I was like, no one say the word three billboards to me ever again. Like, I do not want to talk about this ever again. Um, and it was like March 4th or something that where the Oscars is year and um i also saw on twitter you know a couple guys saying that like now sundance is going to be a campaign stop and i'm just like oh god i don't want to i mean fine whatever do like sundance can can you know do whatever they want but i just feel like what they do at sundance i don't know i was i was tweeting with greg elwood and he was like oh they'll have like panels and stuff okay and i'm like (laughs) right and it's like well i'd rather hear about the movies that are playing at sundance the new movies instead of the movies that came out a year ago or six months ago it feels like by the time sundance rolls around like I feel like everybody's already kind of aware of these movies. Right, the right. Where, yeah, them. but I mean, the, the Academy themselves don't vote until ridiculously close yeah. to the Oscars. Yeah. It's sure. like oh, the less than a week before the Oscars that the, that the votes are due. It's pretty yeah. crazy. But um, the nominees are already due. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but the final votes. But the um, final votes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's what I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you on your general uh, outlook, Katie, okay. in that I also think the I don't take the Oscars seriously as awards of merit at all. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying before, I'd be fine not watching them anymore. But award season itself, I love it. It is fun. It Stretch is fun. it to eight, nine months. <laughs> I love it. I crave it when it's not award season because I feel like here's the thing. I am with like normal people who aren't like movie people all the Uh time. I'm very not good at talking about anything other than movies. Right. What about the big game? You could uh, always talk about the big game. Sport. Um, Yeah. Uh, And so when it's award season, it's like mainstream a little bit to be like, so what movies have you seen recently? It's like what I talk about with my family during Mm -hmm. award season Mm -hmm. and like people, 
who don't normally think about movies 24 hours a day are now thinking about movies, you know, maybe two hours a day or whatever. <laughs> maybe. Um, and that's but, while they're watching a movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I really, really enjoy the fanfare of award season. Uh, and I'll say, you know, selfishly it, that's uh, changed as I've gotten more access to the awards. Yeah. Like, uh, it is really fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what, I think what bothers me a little bit about award season is like the stat, statistification of it and people being like, well, only two movies have won the PGA. have also gone on to win the mobile. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, like stop doing this. Like it's just trying to predict things, like trying to read the tea leaves of like unpredictable guild members. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, no, it sounds to me like you need to join a <laughs> fantasy awards league. Like oh, we have, this, oh. is, yeah, this is what we do instead of fantasy sports every year. We and our friends, uh, do a fantasy award season where you pick a, a movie or an actor or a cinematographer or per, per category yeah. and then over the course of the season for the different That's Guild fun. Awards or Critics Awards and leading up to yeah. the Golden Globes and the Oscars and whatever we get points for for each one. If you at home would like to start your own fantasy right. awards uh, league, uh, there's a there's a whole page for it on the website. You, you'll see it. It's called Fantasy Awards League. I think. Yeah. It's at the top of the of the homepage. Click on it, and you can download the materials, spreadsheets, and the and the rules. Yeah. And you know, it's never. Hey, there's no rule on when you need to start yours. Yeah. You could start it right now. And drop if you yeah. if you do the you know all that stuff's available to download for free. If you do, maybe drop a few bucks in the donate button because yeah. Tyler and Scott put a lot of time into creating this thing anyway thank you for giving us that entree to plug our thing I did do a fantasy Uh, Oscar thing once but it was literally like the day of the Oscars and I also like had no idea how to pick I was like I don't understand the rules but now I get it but that's what's I I like all the prognosticating and the same reason that I love listening to preseason NHL predictions like here's who's going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs it's like that's seven months away you have no fucking clue and that's what's fun about it is seeing people be wrong right yeah 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 yeah. Uh, totally the whole La La Land Moonlight thing, I know some people are like, oh, that's a scar on the Oh, uh, it was sanctity. amazing. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though I was Team La La Land, uh, I love Moonlight, too. So yeah. I, I wasn't it, it, Everybody was a winner that year. Yeah, yeah um, it was so much fun. Yeah, and also, I, I, you know, it brought some excitement to the show. Yeah. And I felt like last year's Oscars were very boring because we knew because of the prognostication and stuff, we knew who all the acting winners were going to be. Yeah, and I think the only single surprise, the only toss up was best picture. And then like, it wasn't that surprising when it went to shape of water. So, yeah. Meh. but yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, we need some, like some lifeblood. I'll, I'll say, yeah, by that time it wasn't surprising. If you had told anyone two years ago, Guillermo del Toro is going to make an R-rated movie right. about Sally Hawkins having sex with a fish man and it's going to win Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. That would have been surprising. That would have been surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, then, and, and for us to be like, it's the safe choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, oh, and by the way, there will also be a film about Winston Churchill that is nominated. It will not win. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so, uh, and we're bouncing around a little bit because... Talking about the Oscars is so is fascinating to me because in talking about it, we almost always wind up talking about like who gives a shit, right? You know? And I care about them in so far as you know, I in the same way that I care about like you know the AFI list when they when they made it in 1998. As a 16 year old, like it gave me something. It gave yeah. me something to go on as I was learning about movies. 
And when you go and look at the movies that were nominated for Best Picture or whatever it is, like I'm thinking about the 17 year olds right now who have still who are just learning about how to find good movies and the Academy just saying these are the best movies even if they're not it is a list to go from yeah and so now when they come up with best popular film will that I'm I'm you know probably clutching at pearls clutching my pearls but but the idea that like will this 17 year old look at these two lists of best picture nominees and say like, oh, well, they're all the same. I And I already saw all these. I already saw Black Panther and Mission Impossible or whatever mm-hmm. is going to be there. I saw those, so why should I bother seeing these other ones? Like, by... I, I not, to imply, not to imply that one is necessarily worse or better, but some people are going to see anyway. And the others, I feel like the Oscars kind of spur them on to see just a little bit. But it might I, not... I don't think it'll have that much of an effect because like I think, like I said people who aren't going to watch the Oscars still aren't going to watch the Oscars and the kind of people, the kind of young kids who are going to seek out good movies are still going to seek out right. good movies. They're not going to stop, uh, uh, you know, at the, mar- after Marvel, unless they were already going to yeah. do that. Um, my worry with the, the thing is if there is a very popular effects, heavy blockbuster summer movie that is also very good and a legit contender, you know, like, I mean, it wasn't nominated last year, but if Wonder Woman had won Best Picture last year, I wouldn't have complained. Oh, uh, for sure. Wonder Woman was great. Um, uh, but now, if there's a Wonder Woman or whatever, it's is gonna the Academy going to say, yeah. well, we, we'll give it this? Or, or will a Mad Max Fury Road right. be shunted off into a Best Popular category? Which is interesting, because that movie didn't make that much money, really. Right. Certainly compared to, like, Marvel films. Right. Okay. And so, but that, but... They might just view in the same way that, like, you know, the Independent Spirit Awards, it's like whatever. It's like, oh, if it has a budget of less than $40 million, or, or I think it was like less than $26 million. It's just like, all well, right, like, well, well how the indie spirits are awarding everything that then goes on to win that sure. picture in the past yeah. couple years, like Spotlight and um, yeah, all those. And so I do think that uh, there's, yeah, I, I guess there is the possibility of. For lack of a better term, ghettoization. Like, yeah. right. you know, I, as but I was don't, little, when yeah, when Quentin Tarantino used that word at the Oscars, mm. uh, <laughs> Jimmy Fox got mad at him. Well, <laughs> Do you remember that we you talked know, about I it. Do remember that, it's yeah. sort of like it's like category fraud. You know, sure. when they're like, "Oh, uh, Viola Davis is a supporting actress in Fences," and it's like, "No, she's like in right. every single scene yes. of that movie," and that's complete category fraud because they just put her forth as yeah. supporting because they knew she would win. Right, um, but. You know, it's sort of like, okay, is that going to be an issue now with with the studios? Like, what are they going to put for? Like, is this a best picture for your consideration or best popular, you know, movie for your consideration? Like, how how is all that going to work? Like, the the economy of awards campaigning is a huge economy, and like, I think when you live in LA, even more than in New York and you start to like see some of it a little bit, you're just like, Oh my God, like this is a huge million dollar industry of events and screeners. And you know, the people who are in the guilds are like constantly getting these like receptions and screenings and all this stuff. It's like, crazy it's every single day um so and you know they're according to hfpa and they're it's it's everything and uh, you know i was thinking about it as i was coming over here i'm like has anyone ever won 
an award who didn't like make the rounds and shake the hands and like uh, Monique. Monique. Oh, she didn't. Okay. Yeah, and okay. She mentioned it in her in her Oscar speech. Yeah, I think I was like I knew there was someone and I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah, that's that's interesting, you know, to yeah. Cause you gotta press the flesh, <laughs> but yeah, but that's the other thing is like, if you're too obvious about it, people think it's bad. Like, like Melissa, you're thirsty. Melissa Leo. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. did you say? I just said thirsty. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Melissa Leo was nominated for, and one supporting actress for the fighter, but she got raked over the coals and by the, in the press for how, yeah. how much she wanted. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, you've seen her. For your consideration, Ed, that yeah. she printed herself. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if that was for the fighter. It might have been for something else, but I, I kind of love that. I but, think it's like, but it's it's her. Yeah, Melissa but it was the Leo. one. She, yeah, she's leaning forward in a low cut dress, and like <laughs> with her arms up like this. Like it's like, wait, what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, for? Yeah, what am I supposed to be considering? <laughs> Are you opening up a brothel? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so, but so as I was looking up uh, whether or not Inside Out was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, this article mentioned that after the so Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture, uh, there was no animated film category at the time. Animated film came about in two thousand one, I believe, and so this article said that since the inception of the animated film category, only two movies have been two animated films have also been up for picture, and that was Up and Toy Story 3. That's 2009, which is the first year that they implemented the 10 Mm -hmm. uh, movie slot thing, Uh, and 2010. So literally, they did it the first two years, and then it just, and then suddenly it's like, okay, so even when they are trying to do that... Finds its level, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I feel like that's what'll happen with this. And so I do think that there's you know, an, an argument could be made if if Dunkirk, which did make a lot of money, if that would be, is it possible to be nominated for both? Is it possible to win both? Oh, yeah, yeah. good yeah. point. It yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, or, or if Get Out last year, would, that, sure. would that have, uh, what I think they should do, if the Academy is listening, mm-hmm. is not have Academy voters Vote either on nominations or for a winner for this category. What they should do is they should take the nominations for Best Picture and then the ones that are among those nominations that meet the box office or budget criteria for Best Popular Picture, they get put off of that. But the Academy is still just nominating for Best Picture. I think they should do that for picture best picture or picture popular picture animation documentary it should all be one best picture and then they filter out the results based on that so that people can't do that i guess the downside is that in previous years it could be that okay there is one nominee for popular picture because it's the only one that made over a certain that's true like it would be like like running against running you know like when you're running unopposed yeah but i uh I see what you're saying, but that's I still. I mean, I don't know how many. It's it's rarer than in I the just nomination made it out to be. in the nomination process. Mm-hmm. How many do, does each voter submit? Ten. It's ranked. I don't yeah, think you right. have to submit ten. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen the ballot, but I know it's like a ranked, like a weighted vote, like a ranked thing. And then it comes out. It, it's like the mat. The mat. If you get a, over a certain amount of points. Okay you get to be nominated. That's why it's like, we don't know the number, what the number is going to be. It's not like a set number. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. It's like almost like, uh, the, uh, the village voice film critics poll at the end of every year mm-hmm. gives 
like the winners, but then you can also click on the page that it's like, here's every single movie that sure. anyone, even one person nominated and how many things it got. Sure. Break out that list for best picture. And then whatever the top five are that got that meet the best, the best popular picture category could go into that category. And they can also still be nominated for best picture if they also got that amount. Cause I right. guarantee there were at least a handful of people who nominated wonder woman last year. Probably. Yeah. It's like, so that, that's what I'm saying. Even if only three people, it goes on the list. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I think that the, that this just illustrates that like the fact that we don't know how this is going to be implemented is like yeah. <laughs> so crazy. And I feel like they're going to, you know, in two months I'll be like, my bad. I do Whoops. wonder if it's going to stick around. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, been probably. so much backlash. I feel like there's been like one or two people who have defended it. There was part uh, of, part of me was wondering if the episode we're doing right now is a bad idea because, because is, this, is this still going to go? Is this still going to be in effect when this comes up on Sunday? Uh, uh, have to, uh, not, Monday, pardon me. Monday I'm is officially sure. our release day. Yeah. <laughs> If you get um, if you get our episodes on a Sunday, it's because I got a run to it. But I don't want to start <laughs> promising people episodes on Sunday. Sorry, um, I'll tell you what my my wife said last night when I was like, "Did you hear about the new Academy rules?" And she was like, "She's like, yeah, just when I was happy about them letting in all these women and minorities, now they had to go and make it shitty." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and I think that's like a good change that they're implementing, and that needs to be a change yeah. that's coming. And like, it's like okay, one step forward, one step back, like yeah. You know, and, and it really does feel like a very corporate influence decision. That's why yeah. I'm like, okay, ABC was giving them <laughs> guff about it. And yeah. I just, I don't see how it's going to bring any more viewers. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to say is like, we're speculating on the impact that it is going to have on the Oscars. But the yeah. one thing we can guarantee it won't do is the intended is have the intended effect of bringing in more people. I don't think people give a shit anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, they should do is ABC should just air the Oscars on one of the cable channels they own and air a block of new Last Man Standing episodes or whatever <laughs> on ABC that night. And they'll get if, if the problem is just ratings, yeah. then let the ceremony be what it is and just move it to uh, a station where the expectations are lower. Yeah, well, that's a good point. So I was going to ask you, David. As someone who, by your own admission, and I'm kind of in the same camp, uh, but we'll get to me in a moment. So you said that if it weren't a thing that you and and your wife could enjoy watching together, if, it, if yeah. you just lived by yourself, if she came to her senses and said, I'm leaving. Yeah, it's like how we... Yeah, I see what you're saying there. There we go. It's like how Natalie and I finished the second season of, of, of Unreal because we were just like, well, we're in it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though it... Uh, Unreal had I don't know if you watched Unreal I watched the first season I watched a couple episodes of the second season and then Uh, bailed even the first season like Unreal had five or six great episodes that fooled everyone into thinking it had a great first season Mm -hmm. but it really the the decline happened like halfway through the first (laughs) season and then I watched the whole second season and it was just a disaster Uh, my wife watched the third season I bailed on that one Mm -hmm. but um, yeah so that uh, I'm sorry to go back to your question so but that what? group, that group sense or that like partners that like, I only watch the bachelor or the bachelorette when I'm like at a watch party. I don't uh-huh. watch it at home because I don't have two hours to kill more brain cells. Right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, long. I would probably still watch survivor if uh, my wife didn't uh, watch it with <laughs> me, but it is, it's definitely a thing that we enjoy watching together. And so the question is why, given what we all do and, and the, the circles that we run in and that sort of thing, you don't even necessarily feel putting aside any concept of obligation. 
you don't even feel an obligation within yourself to watch the Oscars. Like, what, when did it start losing you and why? Uh, when did it start losing? Well, I mean, I, I think um, it's, there's, there's not a hard break. It's gradual. I've always tried to continue to grow as a cinephile, I mm-hmm. guess. And I think the further the further and further my own personal top 10 list got year by year mm-hmm. from the movies that were being nominated i think i came to 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 lose a little interest i guess if i um uh 2007 was a watershed year for me mm-hmm. because wait is it 2007 no 2009 is the year that Public Enemies came out, and sure. I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. And not only did the Academy not agree, most of my fellow film lovers <laughs> right. did not agree. And so I do, if I have to point to anything, I'll say 2009 is the uh, a year that I had a big sort of realization of like, I don't think I value what what the, the sure. Academy values. Sure. Um, but it's just been a gradual thing. Yeah. And I'm getting older. Like, I, you know... There's one thing to, to... We don't have much time left. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, especially with uh, climate change and all that. We got like 10 years, so I got 10 more Sundays left. I'm going to... Oscar Sundays. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to... I'll, I'll spend them doing what I want, which is probably watching other movies. Yes. <laughs> but, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think once you do sort of realize like the the machine, like you start to see the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, and you realize that it's not about really merit or any, you know, it's not no, not that it's not about merit because every every movie for the most part is deserving to be recognized. But when you're just like, okay, this person was not nominated, and that was the best performance of the year in my opinion, and like they totally ignored it, or they didn't even watch it, or they didn't get it, yeah. I think you start to see like, okay, it's not. It's about all of these other forces, which are advertising and release dates and how many screeners they sent out and what day they sent out the screeners. And, and, you know, once you sort of like understand the process a little bit more, it starts to get, you start to get a little cynical, but I don't think, but that's me. That's not like people who are just watching the show. So I, I, I don't honestly know how they can fix it. Like. If, that, if ratings, I just don't think people are watching event television in the same way if it's not Super yeah, Bowl. If it's not the Super Bowl, yeah. Was, so I think that's they're fixing a problem that they're trying to fix a problem that can't be fixed. But I want to before you finish, I want to again address when I talk about not caring about like not wanting to watch the Oscars. There's a difference between for me between the ceremony, which I don't care that much about, and and the campaigning and all the stuff the anticipation which I, which I really like yeah. I know you hate it but uh, I don't I really hate like it. it I just get a little I just get sick of it and and all the all the like stat stuff kind of annoys me but maybe that's just me personally but I mean I enjoy you know the other award shows and like when the you know and national border reviews mm-hmm. uh, awards or you know I got to do the LA film critics awards last year and so that was fun so it's like anytime all those things are, are fun the lead up to it is fun to see what they award but um yeah I don't know um I actually went to the Oscars last year yeah yeah well I was covering it for the Tribune so I wasn't in the room where it happens 
I was in the like press conference room, yeah. which mm-hmm. is like backstage in this like weird hotel area. Um, and where they go and they, they do their Q and A's afterwards. So that, that was interesting. And it is, it is, you know, there is a certain element of like obligation to keep up with things I think because of my job. And I'm like, well, I better see these things cause I'm going to have to yeah. have an opinion on them. Right. Um, and you know, but it was, it was cool to, to go to the, I don't know. It was, well, it was cool to go, but it, I was working literally for like 10 hours straight and I wasn't like partying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, it was trippy and surreal. Yeah. I'm not sure if I would keep watching. I do enjoy some of the, you know, when you, when you see like a really good speech from someone and it really means something like as much as I did not like three billboards. Uh, I enjoyed Sam Rockwell's speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, partially because it was just so very him. Uh, and so moments like that are a lot of fun. And some of the comedy bits are, are enjoyable. And then I'm just kind of interested in the, I'm interested in the event on principle. Right. That, okay, this is... So for my other podcast, uh, for the last several years, we've done a mini-sode series about the movies that have won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And we've, we're all the way back to 1948 at this point. And, and it's in, it is definitely interesting to see that, all right, this is what the Academy, for whatever reason, it could be marketing reasons, um, you know, this is what the Academy thought was the best movie. And looking at the nominees, these are the five that they thought were the best. And isn't it so interesting that movies like The Searchers and Vertigo were not, or Singing in the Rain, were like not even close to being nominated. Uh, but these other movies that have completely fallen off since then uh, were, you know, stuff like that is interesting. And so to be in it and think like, okay, the Academy picked Shape of Water. Will be will anybody be talking about Shape of Water in ten years? I don't know, and it's and I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I also, when watching it, I usually have you know some friends over. I find I'm I'm up and about a lot. Yeah. Like because the the awkwardness of some speeches and just the 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 live event and moments like that. I was like, Ugh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. I have a hard time watching it. And so I'll just be like, Hey, does anybody want anything? I'm going to the kitchen. Um, yeah. So <laughs> got to get more yeah. pigs and blankets. Exactly. I cook so many. Um, <laughs> so here's, here's my question. So, uh, in the circles that I not necessarily run in, but that I'm curious about, uh, which is to say politically, uh, more conservative, uh, they certainly have a lot of, uh, theories as to Mm. why people don't watch the Oscars anymore. Um, in fact, I, I wrote, uh, I wrote those are reverse engineered theories. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. They're wrong. Um, but it's, it's this idea that, um, conservatives are wrong about most things. (laughs) Yeah. Except economics, it's <laughs> nah. it's the it's the frustrating thing. Um, look, when you run a business, it's not working uh, great. What what was that? Well, it's not working great, and uh, government's concern. government's not a government's not a business. Not supposed to be run like a business. The aim of a government is different than the aim of a business. No, I understand that. I understand that. So they should maybe stop telling businesses what to do. The point is, the point no, is, they need to tell businesses what to do because government's job is to protect 
the governed and business's job right. is to exploit the destroy governed. humanity. <laughs> Business, by its very nature, is anti-humane. I agree with that. Yeah, and that's that's that works for a lot of people. Competition seems to work for a lot of us, mm-hmm. but in order for it to work in a way that doesn't literally end life on Earth, mm-hmm. we need it to be very, very heavily regulated by the government. I'm it's, not. To keep the to keep the game going, as opposed to let there be a winner and a loser, which is what we're what why we're here. We have historic income inequality right now, is because there's not enough regulation, and we are getting toward a place where there is a winner and a loser, and that's not what we want. That's not sustainable. That's a short term uh, goal, like a virus that eats through a person with no knowledge of the fact that once the person is dead, the virus doesn't have anything to live on. First off, I love that metaphor, (laughs) Uh, even if I don't agree with it. But, um, and so, uh, I I am going to move on because quickly this is, uh, I don't don't want to head down this path. But what I will say is that, uh, it is interesting. Uh, I wrote when the, there, there were some conservatives that wrote uh, commentators that wrote about the Emmys. And so I wrote a bit, uh, one of my little news things, whatever you want to call them. Uh, one of my Tyler's takes, as you say, Tyler's takes. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Famous column. <laughs> you're on this, you're on the side of buses like Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah. It shows up every uh, two months at this yeah. point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I couldn't help but wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just can't make enough puns. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and so they said like, ah, you know, viewers don't want to watch just a bunch of, you know, when you consider that like half the country has this particular political belief, they don't want to tune in to watch a lot of people just tell them that they're wrong and that they're immoral and all these types of things. And I was like, well, okay, that might be true, but I don't think that's what, I think you're wrong. I don't think that's why people are tuning out of the Oscars or the Emmys or whatever. My view, that probably that could play a role for certain people, but they probably weren't going to watch that much anyway. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I do think that there's, uh, the instance of, like you said, in the modern Katie, in the modern day, like people just people don't watch things differently. Right. Than they used like to. TV watching is just different. People are watching stuff on DVR. They're, they're watching, you know, at time shifted, they're watching on Netflix. Like they don't have, some people don't have cable. I don't have cable right now. So like, yeah, I don't either. uh, you know, it's so, it's just, and, and so like if people don't have cable, are they streaming it? Are they slingboxing it? Are they right. whatever they're doing to get the show, to watch it together? But, and it's also a group viewing exercise. Mm-hmm. So people are going to go to a party or they're going to do that. So it's like, then you have yeah. one TV That's playing true. to 20 people. Yeah. But, um, so I, I just think that like the obsession with Nielsen ratings is like very archaic. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so I, I, you know, obviously that's how they make money through advertising and, you know, but like the Oscar ads are never going to be like Super Bowl ads. And I do think that when it comes right down to it, like I think I don't, I can't speak to this specifically, but I feel like people probably used to watch the Oscars because it was an opportunity to see their favorite celebrities. But now you see, you can see your celebrities everywhere all the time on social media, on any number of talk shows. Like this is not that exciting anymore. It's like, well, I guess now you can see for a lot of, for a a number of people, they watch for the fashion. Sure. That's something they can't see elsewhere. And they, it's really just, 
I, I care less about the star wearing the dress than I do the dress itself. Mm-hmm. But like even, but that's going to be a very small subset as well. Yeah, I, I think they just need to target and and maybe putting it on a cable network is the way yeah. to go. But like just being like, okay, there's a group of people who are into movies. We're not going to be all things to all people, but we are yeah. going to be very specific thing to some people mm-hmm. and maybe just accepting that fact, but I don't think being like, we're going to give a best Oscar movie to, to a best Oscar movie, a best <laughs> popular movie Oscar to like skyscraper is going to like work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, if, if this actually carries through all the way to this year's Oscars, <laughs> which it could not, there is a lot of blowback, but I guess it might yeah. not matter. Um, I'm interested to see how it's going to turn out. And so what happens first? Disney hires back James Gunn or they get rid of the best, <laughs> best popular picture category. Um, I don't know. The world is there. I, I mean, I going back to the Disney anyway. thing, like, it's the, I, I've been dismayed by their... I'm going to get myself in trouble. But I have been dismayed by their like way like their modus operandi they, they seem to be very reactionary mm-hmm. very like oh my god we have to fix this thing so um do that and like like getting baited by right-wing trolls i mean oh, whatever yeah. you know that guy is just a dick and mm-hmm. um he's a bad person like the guy who was digging up the old tweets sort of and you know it's just like don't react to that stuff and don't like like think about it and, and even last year um they banned the LA times mm-hmm. from reviewing their movies, which only affected Thor Ragnarok. Um, but because the LA times wrote an article about the city of, um, Irvine, not Irvine, Anaheim, Anaheim yeah. and how they've been totally fucked over by the park. And you know, it's like, it, everything is very yeah. like, okay, um, reactionary. We're going to react to this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But there's such a huge company and they own Fox now that it's like, has these like seismic shifts. So they're like, yeah. um, the Oscars didn't have enough ratings. So, uh, do this thing and it's like you didn't think through like what is this so it's just it seems very like not thought out very reactionary very like trying to put a band-aid on something very trumpian yeah like the james (laughs) gunn thing it's like i don't know all of these like sort of rash decisions Mm -hmm. that they're making i like i don't feel great about it and like they own so many things now that i'm just like well that's awesome they I was watching yeah. an episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee with, uh, I wasn't watching it with Neil Brennan. I, I mean, I was, but we were watching his episode. <laughs> um, and he said, they were talking about the concept of like this, this reaction attitude and that people jump on it so quick. And he said like, he goes, anytime, the way I feel, whether it be something that I do or something someone else does, part of me is like, I'm going to give it a month. Yeah. And if I'm still angry after a month, you know what? I'm going to let this person have it. Uh, and it's the, it's whether it be the James Gunn thing or whatever, like take a breath. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, let it sleep on it for a night. And and I think it's, it's the attitude of like, well, we got to get a, in the case of like something that could be offensive, right. it's like we need to get ahead of this. Like we need to anticipate people's anger right? and we will show that we are, we're right there with them before they even know it. And then with the James Gunn thing, there's like, Oh, we miscalculated on this one. Turns out most people are with him. Right. Um, I think they thought that my, I mean, I have no idea what their thinking was, but I think they probably thought the James Gunn thing was going to turn into like a me too moment. Sure. And you know, his tweets are bad. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like most people's tweets in 2009 were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm not like trying to defend the tweets. They're not great tweets, mm-hmm. um, Bob. But um, they're, you know, it's like it, in the grand scheme of things, it's like the the backlash is is worse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, who wants Dave Bautista on their bad side? Yeah, I know. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, and but but as far as and David, I think you were talking about this with uh, just their own expectations for the Oscars. Like, acknowledge that the Oscars are not going to bring in the crazy amount of viewers that you seem to want them to, and just be like, all right, it's one night a year, right? And this and there's a larger tradition yeah. than just ABC or Disney. Yeah, there's just this is what the Oscars are. We're gonna have to, I guess, we're gonna have to eat this one. But it's just one. Yeah. Or just air, you, you own FX now. Air it on FX. Right. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, it's like the, the Oscars have changed. Or FXX. Sorry. Throughout. Yeah. Aired on FX. I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> or ESPN. Right, ba- right next to a Simpsons marathon. <laughs> just roll into the red carpet. Um, uh, on ESPN. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like sports commentary. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're getting some good ideas here, guys. Like, let's keep going. Um, you know, it's like it used to be like just a dinner where they would like roast each other and give out awards and yeah. it wasn't on TV. And then it turned into this whole big thing. And now I, I think it's like very self-serious and I mean, yeah. it's a huge, huge, huge industry, but because they are literally televising giant ad- advertisements for their movies. Um, and every time Francis McDormand gets up there, someone goes, Oh, I guess I'll see three billboards. Um, I don't know if that actually translates. I think it does though. I, someone I it told does. me at a studio that it actually yeah. translates. Um, so, Oh, and I've heard that like in contract, my friend is a screenwriter and she wrote it. She just, I'm like <laughs> divulging all the secrets in her contract. It says she gets a bonus if she, if she gets nominated for an award. Did you know that? Hmm. That screenwriters get yeah, bonuses? That's great. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, or, you know, whoever gets a bonus if it gets nominated for an award. I'm like, that's pretty good. Uh, but totally lost my train of thought. I just think that it can change. It doesn't have to be the huge behemoth that it has been for the past couple decades. Like, maybe it can scale down. Maybe it can, you know, it, it, it is riding this huge industry, but I don't know. Maybe it can be on a different network or like not get like be more niche but yeah or they could go i mean i don't know that i i don't know i would love this they could go back to monday nights which uh yeah that's true uh, is what it used to be it hasn't Mm. it hasn't been on sundays for nearly as long as you'd think it's been what like 15 years uh i thought it was i thought it was more than 20 i thought it was a 90 like 90s but yeah it was on mondays forever yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember the 90s. That's a VH1 show. Um, I don't uh, even remember the Monday nights. Yeah, and then the Emmys went to Monday and then went back. But just, like, two years ago, the Emmys mm. were on a Monday night. Mm. Um, so do Mondays or do the uh, cable network or... Uh, yeah, I, I like that you got into some uh, Oscar history with it being in the uh, just a dinner. At yeah, the, I mean, um, it just started out as like a fun thing for people to get together. I mean, because it was like a small business. Yeah, small, yeah and it was and at they the would uh, just, Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah, uh, and they and would just the, be like, "Huh, you get an award, <laughs> Frank um, Lubitsch. And then do you know where the whole because the, whole, cause the 
the PricewaterhouseCoopers thing started because of you guys at the LA Times fucking up. Because the um, not my fault. The Katie. academy <laughs> the academy used to give the press the winners beforehand with an embargo. Oh, and the LA Times ran the winners. Oh my god! And so people like stars like didn't show up because oh, they like yeah, read yeah, it, yeah, like yeah. that and afternoon like, in the paper. Like wow, oh, I guess I didn't win. <laughs> and so that's why. That's, Never mind. That, that's why in the early thirties wow. or whatever. Uh, uh, they started doing the super secret thing, and the yeah, PricewaterhouseCoopers has been a part of the Academy almost uh, almost from the beginning of the, of the Oscars, and they were nailing it yeah. up until <laughs> up until recently. Up until that dude had to take selfies <laughs> with, right. uh, with whoever was back there at the time. Yeah. He's just uh, like, ah, oh, take this one, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but you know, and so okay, let's. Uh, that was a that was such a wonderful crazy. I'm sure it wasn't wonderful to, for the producers of La La Land, but it was yeah. such a, a yeah, cool. an well, amazing. Any time you get on Faye Dunaway's bad side, it's not a good <laughs> <laughs> not a good situation for you in Hollywood. Uh, but so like, it was this crazy moment, and then the next year when they brought Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway back out to present uh-huh. Best Picture, and everybody knew why. And it was funny, but it was also kind of touching. It was the Oscars saying, like, we're not really blaming these two here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, we don't like the idea of them being thought of as jokes. Like, we yeah. want to pay these two respect. And I remember just little moments like that. I was like, oh, and Oscars I like, are neat. I, li- I do There like are the special moments where it still has the magic, where you're like, you know, just a well-placed montage. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the, the in memoriam, it does get me more yeah. than it probably should. Yeah. I, look, I'm old fashioned. I think they should go back to letting people clap during the in memoriam. It's I we- agree. It's weirder to me that it's quiet. I also like to see who gets the most clapping. <laughs> That's morbid, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw like Kyle Buchanan had a, some funny hot takes about this whole situation on um, yes. Vulture. And I read that too and I already forgot. Well, like he had, I didn't even read it. I just like saw the tweet. It was like the Oscars should be long. And it was like, oh, Kyle right, being like yes. we wait all year for this. Like let them be as long as possible. And like, I don't know if I'm going to die on that hill, but I mean, I, and it's I, also easier for us to say out here in the West coast where the Oscars start at five, as opposed mm-hmm. to in, uh, on the East coast where they don't That's start true. till after eight. Yeah. And yeah. so a four hour long Oscars means it's literally the next day right, when it right. ends. Is it weird that, I people always make a joke about how long the Oscars are. They never feel long to me. Oh no, that's me. At it all. always like Even flies I, by. Yeah. yeah, but that's just but that's, that's true of most nerds. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the Grammys feel interminable to me. How uh, long are the I Grammys? I I haven't watched the Grammys in years. Uh, I watched them. I think the first time James Corden hosted, I watched them at a bar while I was on vacation. <laughs> my wife and I had gone out of town for like it was like Valentine's Day weekend. <laughs> And we watched, uh, we got drunk and watched the Grammys at a bar <laughs> for Valentine's Day. You're like, Day. vacation! <laughs> like, I, yeah. Th- okay, so this actually brings up a, a question. I've never watched the Grammys in my life, hmm. but I do know that there are a lot of categories. Are all of them no. Almost none of them are, ca- are televised okay. because the Grammys have become at this point just a concert. Yes. Okay. It's more about live performances okay. than anything and they give out a few of the big ones. But yeah, there are like a hundred something Grammys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, they couldn't give out all of them. Do they, do uh, they do little montages of like, here's where we I'm like not, gave out all the Latin I don't Grammys. Even, I, I don't remember if they, uh, maybe they do. I can't even remember that, that far. Uh, but yeah, I've watched the Grammys a couple times, including I was watching when, Soy bomb happened. Remember soy bomb? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, 
I forget his name now, Michael Portnoy or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he was like a New York uh, experimental artist and That's, came I, to I didn't see that. Yeah, and came <laughs> came to the Grammys just to <laughs> run across the stage with a sway bomb written on his chest. And I was watching live when it happened. That's exciting. That's but, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the reason that I ask is because I remember uh, the Tom Waits album, Mule Variations, won Best Contemporary Folk Album, uh-huh. and I wasn't watching the Grammy. That's just a thing that I that I looked up, and I, when I saw that, I was like, do they have non-contemporary folk? <laughs> like, old school folk as well? Yeah. How many... Fo- how many folk categories are there? Right. And then I thought, how many categories are there? And so, yeah. you know, uh, the Grammys don't air everything. No. Uh, of course, there's a difference between hundreds and, what, 24 uh, categories yeah. for the Oscars? Do you know, the, one of the uh, this is a very well-known uh, bit of trivia. Uh, Jimmy Pardo would make fun of me even calling it trivia. Sure. But do you know who won the first Best Heavy Metal Album award? Who's that? The Grammys clearly hadn't figured out what heavy metal was. Jethro Tull. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, along those lines, uh, speaking of Tom Waits, uh, his his album um, Bone Machine uh-huh. won the Grammy for Best Alternative. Uh-huh. Because at the time, alternative literally just meant, we don't know. Sure. We yeah. don't know where this goes. The Grammys are, like, even more out of touch. Or, I don't know, I feel like the Emmys and the Grammys are, like, even more out of touch than the... In the Oscars, the Academy. But has the and I don't really watch the Emmys that uh, that regularly. Um, but as television has become more and more mm-hmm. like the Arty. center of yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, intellectual pop culture conversation, yeah. has the heavy has the Emmy Academy come around? Do you think? I mean, I think they've gotten better. I just remember there were I, I don't really watch the Emmys mm-hmm. all that much either, and. Um, I have basically given up on TV because there's just too much of it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to rewatch right. glow. Like I can't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Glow's all these great. other shows are. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I cannot keep up with, 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 uh, if I have to keep up with movies, I cannot keep up with TV. Like it's yeah. just impossible. Yeah. And I think it also depends on like where you focus your work. Like sure. people write about TV, like they're all in on TV, but I, yeah. I, I am not writing about TV right now. That means you don't have to do the TCAs, which sounds like a nightmare. To oh me, God. Cause it's fucking like two weeks long, it's, twice a year. So long, you and I'm always like, year "How can I mute this hashtag?" Yeah, it's like so and so's on stage saying that something's going to happen on their show. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like I mute so many TV writers on during TCA, yeah, and it is twice a year. Yeah, it's twice and a there's upfronts on forever. What are the yeah. TCAs? The Television Critics Association. Oh, okay. Yeah, basically upfronts. It's very similar to the upfronts, it except they give awards at the end. Literally two weeks of like press conferences. Yeah, where they just bring out people who are going to be on new shows, and they just like have a panel and it goes on all day for two weeks twice a year twice a year it's crazy yeah um yeah yeah. it's like fashion week except it's two weeks yeah it's i know and they're all like and by the end of it like all the tv writers are like i've been stuck in this conference room in this hotel forever i don't know what's going on like you know i've lost all touch with the outside world yeah it's like following comics on twitter during sf sketch fest that also goes on for seems like three oh really (laughs) it starts in february and ends in august it seems like there's a sketch fest still going on right now uh yeah it's interminable but Tyler doesn't spend as much time on Twitter anymore, which is good. Yeah, I, probably I was healthy. just saying before you got here that I've I'm thinking about quitting altogether. Yeah, well, because I, I quit Instagram and Snapchat, and I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. I use Facebook for event invites, and mm-hmm. then the 
online, the LA Online Film Critics Society, which I'm a part of, yeah. pretty much does all their communication through our Facebook. Group. Oh, okay, okay, so, yeah. So I keep that on my desktop, but not on my phone. Twitter's all I have left. I'm thinking about weaning myself off of it. It's probably a good idea. I thought about doing a digital detox. Yeah. But I don't know. It can be very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I've quit. I, the funny thing about it, and this kind of ties into the award show thing, is like, I've quit Facebook for a couple of years and then I'm, I'm back on and like barely go back on it anymore. I, you know, will do take breaks from social media and then you like, you go back on and you're like, what did I miss? And you're like, nothing. <laughs> None of this is important. Yeah. All of you are talking about the same stupid shit you were talking about yeah. two years ago and it's not important and why am I doing this again? And then every now and then you're like, oh, that person got married. That was me for, with <laughs> Facebook. But like, um, you know, I have a feeling that if I like take a break from Twitter, I'll be like, I'm missing all the hot takes. And then I'll go back on and be like, no, nah, it's not important. But yeah, my, my main problem with Twitter, less secondary to how much like how fucking angry people are. Mm. That's or no, that's secondary. All right. Primary. The primary one is Twitter has made people who aren't funny think that they're funny <laughs> because there are essentially like a half dozen joke structures that float yeah, around yes. yeah, and yeah. everyone just plugs in their own thing. Yeah. So like one person makes one fun, like the, uh, the that's chappy tweet is one of the oh. funniest things. The initial that's chappy tweet is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I don't do you know, do you know that? I've seen the joke structure, but I don't yeah. know what the first one is. So the first one is just like, it's just like, uh, uh, me leaning over and whispering to my girlfriend while watching Chappie oh, the first time yeah, Chappie yeah, yeah. comes on screen. That's Chappie. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my it's life. It's very funny. And, but then every other variation on that is not that uh, funny. Yeah, it's not that funny. There's another one that's like someone made a joke about uh, pretending they'd read Catcher in the Rye and it's the way he just catches all that rye. <laughs> oh, <And> that's yeah. <laughs> funny. There have been 200 variations on that tweet now that are terrible. And so, it, right. it, yeah, it, it basically a lot of people who aren't funny who think they're funny because they've essentially downloaded a how to be funny starter kit and just like plugged in uh, newer references. I think I what bothers it. me is the like, the like quote tweet games where it's like, name your fifth favorite horror movie ending that you've ever seen of all time. I'm like, <laughs> who keeps this stuff in their head? And it's like, oh, well, definitely this. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what movie I saw last week. Uh -huh. Like I, <laughs> I'm, my memory is shot. Yeah. Like who keeps this list? And they're at like yeah. my top five favorite, like heterosexual kisses and rom-coms. I'm like, what? I don't know. I'd have to spend hours researching that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm mostly with you. And then every once in a while one will come up that I do have an opinion on. I'm like, yeah, oh, right. click, click, click. Yeah. No, I know when yeah. I have one, I'm like, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically on Facebook or Twitter, anytime it's just like, like favorite uh, or like best movie villain. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to type in Noah Cross from Chinatown. And then I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. And then I, uh, and I don't see whatever, but because I'll see enough to be like Darth Vader, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Helpful. Uh, oh, right, but, well, oh but what I was going to say about how this ties into award shows okay, is that, right. oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like I have missed the Golden Globes a couple of times in the past couple years, like I, like a couple years ago, I was on a plane and I was like, you know what? I'm really glad I'm missing all of Golden Globes, Twitter and Golden Globes because I'm on a plane. I don't need to participate in this at all. And then you kind of just realize like, 
Like it seems so important to watch, and then you're like, oh, I didn't miss much. Yeah, you can like, redo the winners are. I can redo the winners are. I can watch all of the the speeches online the yeah. next day. I, you know, I don't have to sit through all the filler. I mean, maybe this is the issue. Like that that like people just want to say, oh, I just want to see the things that I want to see, and I can very easily get that sure. in like bite size format right after the show. You yeah. can see all the yeah. dresses. You can see all the things that you need to see. And ABC should be able to capitalize on that the way that late night hosts do yeah. by making viral mm-hmm. like they do a full episode and they break it down into viral pieces and yeah. then those things get shared on YouTube and there's yeah. ads on that or whatever and yeah the the Oscars should just be able to to, to capitalize on the same way you yeah know, here's the here's the moments yeah I mean it's just it's something that that I haven't thought about is just the because I've been thinking in terms of the way people uh, interact with social media and, and celebrities and stuff. But when it comes right down to it, people just watch things differently. The idea of appointment television doesn't really exist anymore mm-hmm. unless it's something like the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl which yeah. can't necessarily be broken down into yeah. segments. Like you could be like, Oh, here's some of the best plays, but there's a flow to it. Yeah. Whereas the Oscars is just like, I heard about this. It's literally is categories. Yeah. yeah you can it, watch the ones you want. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, when when three people at this table uh, aren't that interested in watching the Oscars, and yeah. we all and should be, my job. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, that's, yeah. Th- they're not getting this back by saying, "Look at Black Panther." Like yeah. that's that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. God, um, how yeah. do we fix that, guys? I, it's not our job. To not our real job. quick, way on. <laughs> I, uh, I I haven't quit watching the Oscars, but I did quit looking at Twitter during the Oscars years ago. Oh my God. You are a smart man because I used to live tweet the Oscars for the playlist and I used to do it for fun. Oh, I would like end up like I'd be covered in sweat and like covered in like wine stains. And I'd be like, what happened? Like it Uh, would go by so quickly. Like I'd be like, I just blacked out and I'm like, Oh, I like tweeted a bunch of stupid stuff about the Oscars. And like, now it's on like a 40,000 account, like, you know, follower account. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I would literally black out and then I'd have to like rewatch the show because I hadn't, didn't remember anything. I feel like for people doing what we we do, I feel like there is a, a, a process, which is I'm going to live tweet the Oscars mm-hmm. while I watch the Oscars with friends. And then I'm going to record about the Oscars afterwards. And they're just like, I, I really, I've, I've, I can't tweet anymore. This, yeah. this, this is yeah. exhausting. It is. So I'll just, wa- I'll just look at other people's tweets. You know what? I'm not super into this anymore either. And there's like, all right, I'm just going to watch the ceremony with friends. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to watch it with my wife. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to watch a highlight reel afterwards. Yeah, you know no. what? I think I'm going to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we should all uh, wrap this up. And, yeah, uh, indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's Look, we got to keep this thing under three hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you for being here. Thank you for having okay. me. Uh, listeners, you at home can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you can, you can find all of the past Oscar episodes that we've done. Um, and you can find, uh, what's there this week. I've got, uh, I reviewed, uh, uh, black Klansman and Josh reviewed Madeline's Madeline. And I reviewed uh, the Meg, I reviewed the Meg and, uh, I'm missing one, uh, a new review from this week that I, uh, Oh, chase reviewed skate kitchen. That's right. Um, 
So all that's all on the website. Uh, you can email us at David at battleship or Tyler at battleship You can follow me on Twitter, which I hate at Davey pretension. And you can follow Tyler on Twitter, which he hates at Tyler pretension. Uh, real quick. Your other podcast is called more than one lesson. That's that's true. It is called that. Uh, and this week we are doing, we've done an episode about the film. I can only imagine. Uh huh. I reviewed and, uh, that. Yeah, I read your review oh. it, uh, <laughs> afterwards, and uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm mostly with you. Okay, good. So, uh, Katie, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Katie Walsh STX is my Twitter handle, and right. yeah, that's that's where all the information is. Yeah, and once again, I can't believe Tyler forgot about Saint Croix. That's okay. It's in the yeah, Twitter. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But you know what? It's I don't okay. Follow a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah. No, it's okay. You don't have to remember my bio. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I will thank, now, though. Okay. <laughs> thank we you. We shamed home. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.